Welcome in to another edition of MCM Radio. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, have you recovered from that wonderful Thursday night football game? Uh, you know, as a writer of the Titans and the Tennessee Volunteers, <laughs> I feel like I need a raise. You know, I, I, I don't I don't feel like I'm getting enough to do what I do. So, no, I, I have not recovered from that terrible football game. And, uh, you know, I get to watch another one on Saturday, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I just... It's so frustrating, and Terry and I were talking about this before we came on, uh, before I get into all that. MCM Radio, uh, if you you want to subscribe to the podcast, just wherever you get your podcast, search out MCM Radio, and you'll find us there. Music Miracles is where we write, musicmiracles.com. Follow us there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. Terry's at tlambertn. Uh, Like I said, we we were getting into this before the before the show started but like you know having kids and stuff you have a limited amount of time to watch football like there's only so much time you can dedicate to sitting in front of the tv and watching football and it's just it's so unfortunate that this is the team that we have chosen to follow um because it's, it's just not it's not fun like i would like to be able to sit down and, and watch a, a, an offense it's fun to watch uh you know and, and the titans I, I was looking back through some things a minute ago i mean in 2016 they had a pretty good offense it was it was pretty fun to watch but with the exception of that, I mean, it, it's been a long time since you really thought, man, I, I can't wait to watch the Titans today and see what they do on offense. And, you know, we, I guess we can kind of start there. Um, listen, the offense as a whole is a disaster. I don't, I don't think there's any, way to, any other way to put it. Marcus Mariota is, is you've been saying that, he, that he's broken for a long time now um, with the hope that he could get fixed. I, I think we're past that point now. Um, again, if you followed us from, from different places, you know that we were the biggest Mariota defenders coming into last year, even throughout this summer. Uh, we're still pretty much like, hey, this guy, there, there's, still, there's something there, and he can turn it around. But at this point, I, 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 it's not going to happen here. I don't know if it's going to happen anywhere for him, but he just, like I said, I think your word broken is perfect. I, there's just something about him that is not comfortable in a pocket anymore and i was uh, i was talking about a, a tweet from chris raybon earlier uh you know kind of a dfs guy but he said marcus Mariota has the pro- has the pocket presence of someone who who's playing madden and walks away and forgets to, to pause the game and i mean that's really what it looks like unless the offensive line has issues and we will get to that as well that is certainly a part of this equation but there are times where you just – I mean, he drops back, and it literally looks like he's back there, he's afraid, and he has no idea what to do. Yeah, nine sacks last night, and I'm putting half of those on him. I really don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what Pro Football Focus says. If you watch that game, you're yelling at your TV, get rid of the ball. At least I am. You know, I'm seeing Deion Lewis in the flat. I'm seeing some receiver uh, on a drag route. Get rid of the ball. And Mario is just dropping his eyes uh, and, and not getting rid of the ball and taking sacks. You know, there were several times where he had, you know, four or five seconds in the pocket and uh, didn't really step up and got caught from behind and dropped. And it's just a negative play. So I don't know if it's uh, comfortability in the offense or, or what. I know he's been through the offensive coordinators. We've, we've touched on all of that. Uh, but he's just not getting it done. He's not getting rid of the football. Like you said, the offensive line was bad last night. Nobody here is is sugarcoating that. Jamil Douglas, I you know I, I don't know how he's on the 53-man roster. Uh, if that's the best the Titans got, uh, then that's real bad news. Uh, but those two did not help each other out, uh, if you know what I mean. So I was really interested last night. You know when I said 
all of these sacks aren't on the offensive line. I was really surprised at how many came back with me and uh, came back and said, well, what do you expect him to do? He's been sacked nine times. And I'm just like, how many of those are on him? Uh, and I'd say at least half of them. Again, get rid of the football. Uh, he has no internal clock. You know, you, you talk about that internal clock, one, two, three, get rid of the ball. Uh, I don't know if he's not getting through his reads or what. Uh, you know, the A.J. Brown play at, at the end of the Colts game, we saw him lock on. I don't know if he's locking on and, and not seeing things down the field. Uh, you know, Mike's all 22 on the site last week on the Colts game. That was great. Uh, really painted a picture of the problems with Marcus Mariota dropping his eyes, not seeing guys right in his face that are open. Uh, very makeable throws. So, uh, like I said, he's broken, and I'm not sure that you can get it back. This offensive offensive line is a mess. Arthur Smith is a mess. Uh, there's just so many questions right now. Yeah, and then you get into this whole circular argument, right? Is it the is it the play caller? Is it the offensive line? Is it the quarterback? And, and I think the answer is probably yes to all of them, but I, I think we're to the point now where you could you could drop another quarterback in the system. They were talking, that was in the midday one eighty a minute ago, and they were talking about, well, you know, Ryan Tannehill would have gotten sacked nine times in this game also. I don't think that's true. I think he would have gotten sacked and it would have been, you know, five, six, but I, I think there are a couple of sacks, at least two or three every game where, like you're saying, you're just, he just doesn't, Marcus just doesn't get rid of the ball. You have to know that at a certain point, you're going to throw it or run and he, and he doesn't do either. And there was one play from last week's game where he, where Marcus got sacked. You see Derrick Henry, he, he kind of blocks for a minute and then he goes out and he's just standing there all by himself. There's nobody within like six or seven yards of him. He's standing there right in front of Marcus's face. And I, I said on, in my tweet, I mean, I, I could say Derrick Henry's name four times because I'm like yelling it at the, you know, as if it helps that you out at the TV. I'm yelling it at the All-22, which is like three days later. But like, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I, I said his name like four times while he's wide open and then Marcus gets sacked. And it's just it's the stuff like that, that that's just so frustrating. And again, if you why if you didn't know anything about football and you watched that game last night, you would think that Marcus Mariota was the rookie. And Garner Minshew was the was the fifth year guy, and I don't know what's going to come of Garner Minshew. I mean, who knows? It's it's early on. We've seen plenty of guys who have have come in and have been good and have, have flamed out later. I, I I don't I don't care to get into any of that. But just when you're watching those two guys play, um, the the rookie is the one that looks like the more experienced guy. So I don't know. It's frustrating. Um, you know, listen, Derrick Henry had a huge drop that didn't help things. Um, I thought he was pretty good. Besides that. Uh, you know, Corey Davis made a, made a really nice one-handed catch on another poorly thrown ball from Marcus. Marcus had Delaney all by himself in the end zone. I don't think that ball got tipped, um, just wide open. And, and even still, he should have thrown it like two or three seconds earlier than he did because Delaney, Delaney's over there all by himself. I mean, it's just the stuff like that. And again, I, I'm not trying to put it all on Marcus. But, you know, like we talked about last time, it's just people want to say none of it's Marcus or all of it's Marcus. It's somewhere in the middle. But you can't say none of it is him. We're to the point now where it's 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 just it's time to move on. And I Brian Tannehill, the answer, whatever. I mean, I, they can play him, they can not play him. I I really don't care about that. I would like to see him in this offense just to see if it would make any difference. It's not going to make uh you know to where they're going to go from being one of the worst offenses in the league to one of the best offenses in the league. Could it push them back to the middle? And the defense is good enough that you can back into a good season, maybe. But, I mean, who knows at this point? So I, I think that what, what we do know right now, unless we see some major change, and again, don't come at me with, well, it's only three games. It's not only three games. 
it's four plus years, with the exception of you know, or it's at least the last two plus years that we that we've been having these issues. Don't come at me with, with the small sample size thing. This is what Marcus has been since he came back from the broken leg, and I, I just I don't see any other answer than they're gonna have to move on next year. Yeah, I, my point. I keep coming back. It, the good quarterbacks elevate those around them. The good ones adapt. You know, they figure it out. We've seen, we saw Peyton Manning play with terrible, terrible offensive line. We saw the same with Andrew Luck. Saw Russell Wilson play with terrible offensive line. The great ones adapt. Mariota was blitzed time and time again last night. Could not figure it out. Arthur Smith didn't really adjust, uh, but Mariota didn't either. And, and and that's my problem. You know, you look back at, at all the coaches that we've been through as Titans fans, and you just start to wonder, is it, was it really the coaches? Or was Mariota so limited uh, that these coaches couldn't really get done what they want to get done. So there's a there's a common thread here. It's Marcus Mariota. Uh, this is year five. He's healthy. Got the best supporting cast around him. I know Taylor Lewan's out. Maybe that helps getting Lewan back into this lineup. Maybe they can kick Dennis Kelly to the guard spot. Maybe that's going to solidify things. Um, I, I think he at least deserves Lewan back into the lineup before you make a move like Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but he's just flat not getting it done right now. And those making, uh, still making excuses for Mariota, we've both been there. You know, we spent uh, all of last year um, on a podcast doing the same thing, uh, saying how, well, he's hurt. Uh, he doesn't have a great supporting cast. Well, this offense is terrible. Maybe it's just him. You know, at, at a certain point, it's just it, it falls back on him. So I think he's got to take some responsibility here. I think that's where all of my blame is starting to go. Uh, last night, you know, that Colts game, the second half of the Colts game, and, and last night, just really, really dreadful. And, and I'm like you. I don't think it would be much different with Ryan Tannehill. You can play him if you want. You can see what you got. But um, I, I'm, I'm more convinced than ever Marcus Mariota is not the answer. Uh, you certainly cannot give this guy uh, $20 million or whatever you're going to pay him. Uh, I, I'll be interested to see what he does on the open market. But I'd be willing to bet that he's not going to get paid by the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I don't see any way they can do that at this point. Um, all right, well, uh, the good news is there's there's more bad stuff to talk about. So uh, coming up after the break, we'll get into more mind-boggling coaching decisions. And then as good as the defense was last night, I, I got some questions there as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so last year I was very pleased with Mike Vrabel as the coach. There were some times where he made some decisions I didn't necessarily agree with, but there was nothing that had me concerned about his ability to be an NFL head coach. Um, we, you know, we've heard the leader of men thing and, and, and all that, whatever. Um, but like, there have been a couple things in these last two games that, that have really started to get me concerned. And last night. One of them was the fact that Adoree Jackson is back there to return punts. I mean, we know that he muffed the first punt. That's what led to that Jaguars' first touchdown. It was hilarious. And, and Terry, I almost texted you. So we had uh, – my oldest had soccer practice. So um, we're on the way home listening to the very beginning of the game in, in the car. And then I get out of the car, get in the house, turn the TV on, 
Okay, so as I'm getting, as I'm pulling into my driveway, the, the Jaguars are about to punt. And then so I, I turn it off, you know, figure they're going to go to commercial, get in the house, and the Jaguars are up six to nothing. And I, <laughs> like, I had no idea what I was like, what? They, they were about to punt. And then so it cycles through, they show the, they show the replay. And, and of course, my first question, my first tweet during the game last night was, why is Adoree Jackson back there returning punts? Like, we all know that. Not only does he make a costly mistake like that from time to time, but he just he has no idea what to do. He doesn't know when to catch him. He doesn't know when not to catch him. He doesn't know when to fair catch. I mean, he has been a disaster as a punt returner, which, again, is, is one of the more mind-boggling things that I've ever experienced as a Titans fan because that dude was electric in college as a punt returner. But he has not been that here. We know he's not that here. It's it's never like it, I, we, we were talking about this before we came on. I think he had two call, he had two really return for touchdowns rookie year. They both got called back on penalties. Since then, he hasn't done anything that justifies him even being back there. So the the fact that they continue to put him back there, not only did they put him back there for that punt, but he was back there for at least one more, maybe two more, before they put Adam Humphreys in. I I don't understand the logic in putting a Dory Jackson back there. He's been bad. He's costing you at the very least field position, but last night he directly cost you points. I I don't I, I can't understand what Vrabel is doing there. It, it's got me a little bit concerned. The Titans probably win what, two more games? If if you've got a, a guy back there just taking fair catches last year. You know, he he did this last year. This is not new. Uh I, I don't know what else you need to see. And and furthermore, I don't know what you're seeing that makes you put him back there because he's just not good at this. You know, even when he gets the ball free with, with room to operate, he's not good. Uh, and I don't know what happened because, like you said, he was great at USC. I don't know if the Titans are going back and watching USC tape, but uh, I, I, I don't know what makes you want him back there when you've got a, a guy like Adam Humphreys, who's going to be nothing flashy, uh, but a guy that's going to catch the fair catch and, uh, you know, maybe get upfield for 8 to 10 yards like he did last night. Uh, and then to see him make that mistake for what the fourth or fifth time in the past two years, uh, to put him back there twice before you bench him for Adam Humphreys. I think he got benched when he, he let another punt roll. Uh, and then you finally put Adam Humphreys back there. I'm with you. I, I don't know what else you need to see. Uh, you know, I've kind of always been on the fence about Vrabel. Uh, but, you know, little stuff like that, uh, we're going to get into more uh, of what he did last night. But then you look at the end of the game, end of the Colts game, how they managed that clock, the aggressiveness, the, uh, the, the choosing to go for the touchdown in London last year, um, you know, not taking the field goal last night, not taking the field goal, going for a touchdown with this offense uh, that had done nothing all night. That stuff is inexcusable to me, uh, and I think he needs to dial it back. And at what point are are you supposed to see a sense of urgency from the offense? Um, you know, they get the ball back with, I, I can't remember how much, like six minutes or something last night, and they, they weren't going to win. I, I mean, I, I think at that point that was pretty clear. But they're handing the ball off to Deion Lewis on first down. That was probably inside of six minutes. Um, and, and, I mean, to me, like, I, I, was, I was going nuts at that point. I mean, why in the world? Are you going to run a, a run play right there? Like, okay, yeah, you're kind of backed up against your end zone. Who cares? Like, you got to get down the field. So you take a sack, you throw an interception, they turn, I mean, then the game's, like, officially over. But, like, a run on first down there is mind-boggling. There were so many times last night where they were in first and long or second and long after a penalty from 
the worst officiating crew in the in, in the history of officials. Like Lord. I'm sorry, they, they they it was so bad. Um, so many bad guys. Not while well, the Titans lost, it didn't have really anything to do with the Titans losing. But it was just it was hard to watch that game because uh, there were so many penalties. But I, I just don't I, I don't understand running there. And again, I know that Mike Vrabel doesn't call the plays, but they're calling the plays in a headset. Mike Vrabel can hear the call. He's free to as the guy in charge to say no. Let's throw the ball here. Why are we going to run it here? So I just, I don't know. I, like I said, I was sold. I was all in. But the last, the last little bit, and then again, they just don't look. They get out there with, with you know, down. And, and I see all kinds of people. I mean, you had more eyes on a Titans game last night than you normally will because it was, you know, it's the only game on. And so just guys that I follow for different reasons that have nothing to do with the Titans are like, the Titans know that it's the fourth quarter and they're down by two scores. I mean, just all these questions you see rolling in from like random people. And, and so you're sitting there watching it and you're like, what what do they not understand here? You got nobody running out of bounds. They never spiked the ball. They they got to the line quickly, but they weren't sprinting around. There was a lot of like looking to the sideline and waiting and I just I don't know. They just they they don't look like a well coached team right now. And last year, and again all the other stuff aside, they at least looked well coached. They looked at least looked like they knew what was going on out there. And I just the last the last two games, especially in these in these instances where they need to hurry, they need to get plays off, they need to get to the line. I, I, they just they don't look like they know what they're doing. Yeah, my last gripe on Vrabel is throw the challenge flag on defensive pass interference. I, I mean, I know what was it, thirteen percent? It got overturned in, in preseason, something like that. But there were a couple times last night, uh, a couple calls on Logan Ryan. The one in the fourth quarter where you were just like kind of hanging on, maybe the Titans can do this. Uh, they get the stop, and the refs throw another flag, uh, calling Logan Ryan for a defensive pass interference. Challenge that. I, I mean, it, it's it's in there for a reason. I, I don't know why he he didn't last night. There were a couple that I thought he should have. Uh, you know, I, I just thought the team needed a spark. Uh, you know, this team needed to get a stop. Get the offense back on out on the field. You end up not getting the stop. Leonard Fournette goes all the way down the field, uh, basically starts the game away without scoring. Uh, Titans get the ball back with three minutes left. So I, I, I just several coaching decisions that I didn't agree with. Um, and look, go, going back to those penalties real quick, I really thought they they kind of neutered the the run game. I, I thought Derrick Henry started out pretty well. Uh, and then I looked at his stats in the second quarter, and he had like 15 yards rushing. Well, it's because everything positive got called back. Everything got called a hold. That that hold on Tajay Sharp. Uh, my goodness, out on the edge. That was terrible. Uh, that's that's about the worst call I've ever seen. So, I I, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. I I did think the refs killed uh, the Titans' ability to run the football. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they've kind of got their M.O. going here. It's beat teams up and win in the fourth quarter with Derrick Henry. I didn't think they were able to do that last night because they couldn't really get the run game going because of all the penalties. But, uh, you know, look, like you said, it's not an excuse. Uh, but I did think it hurt, it hurt the Titans early on. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you, you feel like Derrick Henry's rushing line should be better than it was when you look at it last night and then you look at did you notice that marcus threw for 304 yards that's the most like, hollow <laughs> 300 yard passing performance i've ever seen that's like because i saw when i when i 
pulled up Twitter this morning. Somebody tweeted something about you know like a, a hollow box score, something something yeah. to that extent. And I didn't even realize he threw for three. I was like, are you are you serious? Like, yeah. So that was that was rough. Um, and then last thing on the defense, the defense has been good enough for them to win games, no doubt. Uh, you know they gave up what twenty points last night. Um, you got a you got the the one where. You, uh, Adore Jackson gives them the gives them the ball right down there by their goal line, um, so you definitely can't fault them for that. They, they like I said, they've been good enough for this team to, to win both of these last two games. They've lost, but they still can't get a pass rush, and, that, and that's that's kind of starting to, to bother me a little bit. Um, it, we knew it was going to be a problem, and I, I, they just didn't they didn't do enough in the offseason, I don't think, to address it. You know, Cameron Wake was great in that first game. Um, but the, the, I just I, I felt like all along they were going to have to do more there. Malcolm Butler continues to have Malcolm Butler-type moments. I don't know what else to call them. Um, a, a play where he's right there, but he, you know, gambles just a little bit too much and, and get, gives up a play. Um, I, th- I think about the touchdown, and then the, there was a, another long pass down the sideline where, you know, he's there, but he's just not able to make a play. So, I, I mean, you know, if we're going to – you're really nitpicking if you're gonna if you're gonna get on the defense for this game because again they were good enough um, they were they were absolutely good enough for the Titans to win this game but I do think when you get against some of these teams that have these high powered offenses they're gonna be able they're gonna need to be able to disrupt the quarterback a little bit more than they than they did last night for sure yeah I thought Dean Pease was was pretty conservative last night it seemed like Minshew had all day to throw. But it, it honestly kind of seemed by design. You know, the Jaguars were lining up with seven on the line of scrimmage and just teeing off. Titans were the exact opposite, uh, just just content with rushing four and, and letting Minshew beat them, which, which he did from time to time. But, yeah, they gave up 13 points to me. I don't even count the, the touchdown that they gave up after the Adoree fumble. Um, you know, 13 points, that, that should be a win for, for most teams. Uh, but the mistakes added up. And it just goes back, you know, if this team just had an, an average uh, offensive line, average quarterback, I, I think they'd be 3-0 right now. Uh, but the decisions that Marcus Mariota made in the pocket, uh, the, the lack of ability to protect Marcus Mariota from Jamil Douglas, those two things tipped the scales, in my opinion. And, you know, it was just a snowball effect. You just had several bad decisions. You couldn't uh, you, you couldn't really play with your identity in, in Derrick Henry last night. You got behind from the get-go, and this team is just not built to do that. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if you get into a point where you're down two scores in the second half, it's they're gonna have they're gonna have a tough time against anybody, but especially against a team that has as good of a defense as the Jaguars do. It's not it's just not gonna happen for them. So, I don't know, man. It's tough because you really feel like they could have won both of these games. You feel like they should have won at least one of them. Now you're going to in the division. Um, it's just it's it's a long road ahead. For for a team that was that had aspirations of you know going quote from good to great, um, it's just that's that's not happening as of right now, and it's really hard to see what's going to change to make it happen. I mean, they plug Nate Davis in for for Jamil Douglas in Atlanta. I'm, I'm sure that's going to happen. How much does that help? Taylor Lewan comes back, and you know the game after that. Do you move Dennis Kelly to right guard at that point? Roger Saffold's been a little bit of a disaster. So, I mean, there's just there's so many questions where it's not like, hey, if they could just get this one thing right, they'll go ahead and take that that step. But, I mean, right now you're not even talking about going from good to great. You're talking about going from terrible maybe to good, and then great seems like it's really far away at this point. So, I don't know. Any any final thoughts? I, it's just so hard to, to know what to want 
anymore, even out of this team, because because you know you know what's gonna happen. They're gonna figure some things out. They're gonna iron out their their issues, and you know they're probably gonna win seven or eight ball games. And but I, I'm left asking myself, what does that do for me? You know, what does that do for the organization? It, it gets you to what picking 18th in the draft. Then you've got to decide what to do with Mariota. I've already decided. I think the Titans front office has probably already decided. Then your task was what to do next at quarterback. So. Titans just aren't going to be in a position to draft a quarterback really high without giving up a ton of capital. I don't know if John Robinson's the guy to do that. I don't know if he will. We haven't seen him in that situation. But I'm just left feeling defeated um, and you know, kind of envious of what the Miami Dolphins are doing. Honestly, they've seen this mediocre franchise for so many years. They're finally doing something about it. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to take doing something uh, like that here. Uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah, so I I don't know. I hope it doesn't come to that. But like you said, what's, <laughs> it feels weird to say, man. Yeah, but but I, what's what's the right way? What's the I, point? Yeah, no, I'm with you 100% there. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, we'll be back a couple shows next week, kind of get back on track with it. Um, Titans Film Room Radio, I'm sure they'll have a couple things for you on this game as well. Like I said, subscribe to the, the feed, Music Miracles, wherever you get your podcast, and you get both of our shows, MusicMiracles.com. We'll have a lot more about this game, and then hopefully happier things to talk about down the road. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T Lambert TN. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again later.